Hey guys, it's Heaven from Just a Grown True Crime, and today I'm going to be telling you about this app called Anchor. It helped me start my podcast, and it can help you start yours. Anchor is a free app that lets you use it from your phone or your computer. So if you want to do it on the go, and you want to just record, you can record one. Anchor will also distribute your podcast for you on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so much more to get your own podcast out there. You can make money from your own podcast with no minimum listenership. So it's everything you want in just one podcast. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. I did. What are you waiting for? Hey guys, welcome back to Just a Girl in True Crime. I'm your host, Heaven. And tonight we are going to be discussing this terrible story about the kidnapping of Colleen Stan. Now, I actually watched a Lifetime movie about this. I swear I did not, I didn't even know this was a real movie until I saw saw it on my Facebook feed and it was like, oh, this is a true story. And I'm like, oh, how did I not know that? So we're just gonna hop in because this is, whew, I wanted to upload this Saturday, but my best friend came over. I wanted to upload it Sunday, but I was really tired. So now we're here at Monday, and I'm finally doing it. And I already have Wednesday's case um, written out, and I'm going to upload that Wednesday. I'll probably pre-record it tomorrow and upload it Wednesday for you guys. Okay, so let's just jump right into this tragic story shall we we're all gonna go on this road together a lot of brutal things so if you don't want to listen to it don't listen to it because it deals with a lot of uh, a lot of rape and it's just a bad story i'm gonna try to say trigger warning when i get to the part so we're gonna hop right to it so colleen j stan was born on december 31st 1956 She was an American woman who was kidnapped and held as a sex slave by Cameron and Janice Hooker in their Red Buff, California home for over over over, over seven years between 1977 and 1984. I'm just going to go off topic. I wouldn't like to have the last name Hooker per se, but okay. Um, a lot of people know her as like the girl in the box because I think that is the Lifetime movie. I have it in my notes somewhere. Oh, yep. Lifetime. It was the Lifetime movie, Girl in the Box. So that's what a lot of people refer to her as. And that was just a crazy ass movie. Legit. All right. In 1977, Colleen was hitchhiking from her home in Eugene, Eugene, Oregon, to a friend's home in the in Northern California, where she was heading to a birthday party. Well, I'm gonna tell you a little bit about Cameron. Not a lot, just a little. Cameron Hooker was born February, November 5th. 1953. If I could read today, that would be great, but my mind's elsewhere. So he kidnapped 
20-year-old Colleen Stan after picking her up. Colleen stated that she was an experienced hitchhiker and had allowed two rides to go past before accepting the ride from Hooker. She reportedly felt confident climbing into the blue van because Hooker's wife, Janice, and their baby were in the car. Just a note to self or everybody, just because you see a husband and a wife in a car together does not mean it's safe because you don't know what they could be planning, obviously. So just don't get into a car with strangers. Uber, Lyft, take taxi, don't hitchhike. That's that point. All right. When they stopped at a gas station, Colleen went to use a rest the restroom and like a little like you know how like you have your like a voice inside you going, "No, don't do it. It's a bad idea." Yeah. Colleen actually recalls hearing a voice like in herself, I guess, to like just run, jump out of a window and never look back. That's what she recalled, but she calmed herself down and her fears and decided to get back into the car because she was like, it's fine. It's a husband and a wife and a baby. Like, what What could happen? Huh, but it, it wasn't good. According to Colleen and Janice's testimonies, so I'm going to kind of like, I state a lot before what actually happens, like what they said, and it's all going to come together. Um, so according to their two testimonies, once they were in an isolated area, Hooker pulled off to the highway, off the highway, and then put a knife to Colleen's throat, and she was locked in a wooden head box, which I just, I just couldn't think of that, like, I'm claustrophobic to a point, and I, no, that just doesn't, uh, that wouldn't work for me. So the box was actually designed to prevent light, sound, and fresh air from entering. See, I would have already died because I have to have fresh air. I can't breathe hot air. It bugs me. Um, all I can think of, like, after she had that on her head, I could only think of the horror that, like, was going through her mind thinking, why didn't I listen to that voice? Why? I don't know. And... I would be pissing my pants and then saying I should have ran and I'd probably cry some more as well now we're gonna hop in so that's like how she got to know Cameron and Janice and now we're gonna talk about her time she was in prison for seven years and this is a trigger warning like I said for anybody who doesn't know the story um it's brutal to no end. Anyway, so before this happened, Cameron actually worked as a lumber mill worker at a place called Diamond International Lumber Mill. At some point, Janice had reached a mutual, a mutual agreement that he could capture a slave to take back to Janet. Janice's place 
because up until that time, Hooker had been using Janice to act out sexual bondage. Yikes. Some husband he was. When Colleen was kidnapped, there was to be no penetrative sex with her according to the agreement that they had, but unfortunately later this was changed. On the first night of her kidnapping, Colleen was strung up by her hands, physically attacked by Cameron and left blindfolded and suspended while the pair decided to have sex below her body, which that's just how, how can you have sex with somebody who's tied up, blindfolded? You did all this, but you're going to have sex with your spouse. Okay. That's nasty. And they are monsters. Monsters. They both are. Not one. Both. Um, Colleen stated that she was tortured and kept locked in the box for 23 hours a day until she was given a contract and forced to sign herself into slavery for life um, in January of 1978. In the view from the box, under her bed propped up against her purse, she told ABC 10 News there was a photo she saw every day of Marie Elizabeth Van Hank, a previous victim whose body was never found. She further stated that Cameron led her to believe that she was being watched by a large, powerful organization called The Company, which would painfully torture her and harm her family if she ever tried to escape. Um, if someone told me that, I would probably be like, yep, this is my life now. I'm not going anywhere. Um, she eventually became a slave, and she, instead of them calling her by her name, she was referred to as Kay. And was forced to call Cameron Master, and was not allowed to talk without permission. That's just... What? No. Cameron reportedly wanted Colleen to be like the female character in the French. Oh, in the 1954 French erotic novel, Story of O. And soon he um, started raping her. Which is terrifying and terrible. Um, but Cameron did not want to have vaginal sex with her because he considered that to be a breach in his agreement with his wife <laughs> and let me just say this wow Cameron you're such a gentleman not really no that that's not okay um so instead he raped her vaginally and anally with implements Following this, the Hooker family then eventually moved to a mobile home in the Red Bluff, California, with Colleen, where she was kept locked in the wooden box underneath the couple's waterbed. In 1978, 
Janice gave birth to a second child on the waterbed above Colleen. Colleen said that her faith in God and belief in a chance of escape helped her survive her greatest fear was the company, which Cameron um, reinforced daily on her. So he just like repeatedly said it all the time. To avoid painful punishments, Colleen tried to comply with his commandments, which later led to her being allowed to go out to jog, work in the yard, care for the family's children in the mobile home, and even help him build bigger accommodations like an underground dungeon for more slaves. Even with an open door, neighbors and a telephone she made no attempt to escape probably because like she said she was scared of the company so she probably thought i'm gonna have to do what i can to survive and hope one day that i can get out so she was just doing everything so i mean you can't blame her additionally Colleen was allowed to visit her family by herself in 1981, but she did not reveal her situation due due to the fear of her possible consequences, what would happen if she told, you know, obviously he dropped her off, so if she would say anything, he would know where she lives and he could get to her like that. So she was just doing what she could. Her family thought she was involved in a cult because of her homemade clothes, lack of money, and absent of an absence of communication over the years. But they didn't pressure her, fearing that she would stay away forever. So they kind of were like, okay, this is kind of weird. I haven't seen you in a while, and you just show up. But they just didn't want to bring it up. Which makes sense. The next day, Colleen went back to see her family again. But she went with Cameron, who was posing as her fake boyfriend. Um, Later at the trial, she explained that she was happy about visiting her family, who who were there to photograph her and Cameron happily smiling together you know acting like nothing's wrong because he was like you know i'm gonna come see your family and you better act happy and no funny rinky dinky shit better happen because the company will come get you and your family so she just had to fake it according to colleen cameron feared he had given his slave too much freedom and took back and took her back to the mobile home where she was then again locked into the wooden box under his waterbed and she remained there for 23 hours a day for the next three years could you imagine that only going out for one hour every day for the next three years because i couldn't huh <sighs> And I said in my notes, that's a long fucking time. Bodily functions were dealt with by using 
uh, let me let me go back real quick bodily functions were dealt with by her using a bedpan which she positioned herself under with her feet so i'm if i read were if i read something correctly her box was just like a little bit bigger than a coffin so you don't have much room i've never been in a coffin i don't want to be in a coffin you know how like they you know like how um six flags had that thing where like oh if you stay in a coffin underground for so many hours we'll give you money i don't know if i do that because i would be afraid of dying and do you let us out for bathroom breaks can i bring my phone something you know i would just need something can i bring snacks i don't know it's just a lot of stuff so that like i said long time um it was also stated in stated in court that hooker's children were told that Kay had simply just gone home but they were young so i mean they i'm i'm assuming they didn't really know they didn't know any better so they were probably just like yeah okay However, once his children had gone to bed, Cameron would take Colleen out of the box to feed and torture her. She was reportedly not allowed to make any noise and had to lie still 23 hours at a time in the dark with little air to breathe. Which, I mean, how are you not, if someone's like beating the heck out of you, how do you just sit there and take that and not like whimper, cry, and stuff like that? Like, I couldn't imagine, like, oh, no, I just, I don't even want to think about it. During the summer, during the summer, the conditions were especially harsh on her as the temp in her box would rise over to 100 degrees, which, whoo, that's a sauna. To feed herself, she ate scraps of food, and it was not until 1983 that Colleen was reintroduced to the children and the neighbors, which, you know, if I were the neighbors, I would be, I haven't seen her for a long time. I thought she went home, but now she's back. That, see, that would throw red flags to me. But, I mean, I don't know, maybe they said some, like, story like, oh, we broke up, but we got back together or something. I don't know what was said. They just reintroduced Colleen, like, hey, here she is, she never left. Lo and behold, lo and behold she was actually under my waterbed the whole time. I don't know. Don't know. She was also allowed, which is, this part, what I'm about to say, is so crazy, she was also allowed to get a job at a hotel as a maid. He let her get a job, which is weird. I mean, what? But she was under, a, I think I read, I don't know if I wrote it down. She was under an alias. Oh, yeah, she was. She was under K. 
Kay. That's what she was under. I can't remember the last name. Um, Cameron eventually wanted Colleen to actually become his second wife. So, you know, we have like a sister wives theme going on in here. He wanted multiple wives. But this was the turning point for Janice. Sorry. If you hear noise in the background, my husband's playing a game. I normally don't podcast when anybody's up, but for some reason he's still up. Okay. Um, so this was the turning point for Janice. And she was like, no, 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 no. Absolutely not, Cameron. You can't have more than one wife. I mean, come on. Huh. But, you know what? And if Janice says that was the turning point for her, I have one word. I actually have a few choice words for Janice. Really, Janice? The torture, the kidnapping, the abuse. That wasn't a turning point. You helped your husband kidnap a hitchhiker, knew what he was doing, but when he said, you know, I want to make Colleen my second wife, that was your turning point? I don't know if I believe that. That is just me. All opinions are welcome. That's what I believe. Um, Janice confessed that that starting with her first date with Cameron, she had been tortured, brainwashed, and referred to as a whore over the years by Cameron. So, I mean, maybe that was a turning point. But I just can't get past it. I can't. Um, I really have a hard time believing it because, like I said, she did help him find another girl so he could torture. And, you know, if Janice was belittled, abused, or tortured or whatever, she had a lot of freedom. I mean, why did... I'm... Ouch, sorry. Um, I'm not saying she didn't go through it, but I find it very hard to have all that and him just pick a focus on, like, somebody else, I guess. I, I don't know. I don't know. But don't come at me for expressing my opinion, guys. Like, I, that's my opinion. I just personally find a hard time believing that she was actually had all of these things done to her. Okay. Um, but Janice further stated that she survived the relationship by engaging in denial and compartment utilization. Um, I, I don't know, guys. I have a lot of conflicting thoughts about Janice. A lot. Um, by August 1984, Janice began to struggle with herself and went to Colleen in order, in order to inform her that Cameron was not part of the company like he said he was. But she did maintain that the organization did exist. So she emphasized, hey, Cameron's not in this organization, organization but the company is real. In a televised interview for 
girl in the box, Colleen told the interviewer that she went to a bus station and phoned Cameron to inform him that she was leaving him and that he reacted by bursting into tears. I mean, what? Colleen then caught a bus home. So that's good, right? In the few months followed, she did not contact the police, but continued to still call Cameron on a regular basis. She explained this at trial by saying she wanted to give Hooker, at Janice's request, a chance to reform himself. Because, you know, maybe, like, Janice was thinking, you know, since she's gone, and maybe it could just be us, we could be a family, and things will be okay. That we don't have to do this anymore. But... Three months later, Janice reported her husband to the police. She informed Lieutenant Jerry D. Brown of the Red Bluff police that Cameron had kidnapped, tortured, and murdered Maria Elizabeth Spanhank, I think that's how I pronounced it, who had disappeared on January 31st in 1976. Authorities were actually unable to locate the remains of the woman, so due to the lack of physical, of physical proof, no murder charges were brought pertaining the Maria case. Chris Hatcher, a forensic psychologist and criminal profiler, testified for Cameron's prosecution at the start of the 1985 trial. Oh wow, I thought this was going to be longer. This might be a short one. And Janice testified against her husband in exchange for full immunity. We're, hold on to that thought because I'm definitely going to cover that. Definitely. In the end, Cameron was sentenced to consecutive prison terms totaling to 104 years for sexual assaults, kidnapping, and using a knife in the process. Originally ineligible for parole until 2023, he had his hearing date moved up seven years to 2015, by the California's Elderly Parole Program on April 16th, 2015. Oh, that's the day before my husband's birthday. His request for parole was actually denied. And he would have been eligible for another parole hearing in 2030. However, due to COVID-19 pandemic, California officials contacted Colleen and advised her that they were looking into possibly granting him parole in March of, can you guess the year? 2021. That's, we're almost at the end of January, so that's like a little, like, um, 
less than a month away. I mean, no. We're going to get back to that, too. Personally, I don't think you should see the light of day. I think you should be in there until you die. They should stick with the ineligible for parole. Like, not even that. He should just get life without parole. He shouldn't try to get parole in 2030. It shouldn't have been moved up. It should have just kept being denied. I don't care about the California elders parole program. I don't care. He should not be allowed to be out this year. And that's me. That's my opinion. Because of what he did to Colleen. And what he did to Maria. And whatever he did to Janice. He, he just shouldn't be out. No, he should serve his 104 years and die in prison. That's my, that's my theory on that. So after the tri- trial, Colleen studied for an associate degree and as reported by Mara Boson, 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 I think that's right. In a March 9, 2014, New York Daily News article tried to move on to a normal life, but but misery followed her. A string of failed marriages and a troubled child now in jail. Colleen also joined and volunteered for Reading Women's Refuge center an organization to help abused women janice reverted back to her maiden name la ashley which i love la ashley probably for the best though she became a oh i'm sorry i'm sorry colleen did not i've misread my line colleen did not go back to her maiden name because she was never married we're going to go to Janice. Janice is the one who went back to her maiden name, La Ashley. Still like the last name, La Ashley, though. And like I said, probably for the best. She then actually became a registered associate social worker. And I just want to, just how? How? They. They know what she did to Colleen as well, that she helped find a girl for her husband, right? Okay. Um, so, they both, Colleen and Janice, actually both continue to live in California. They do not communicate with each other, and since Cameron is possibly getting out, in 2021, Colleen did change her last name. I just get too ahead of myself when I'm talking sometimes, and that's what happens when I'm just all over the place, and it's 10 o'clock at night, and I'm a little tired, but it's all right. So, um, now we're going to go back where Janice testified against her husband in exchange for full immunity. I think she should have been charged to a degree. I don't think she should have got full immunity because I feel both parties were 
both equal in it. I mean, like we, like I've said multiple times, you help you you came to an agreement with your husband, and yeah, you found a girl for your husband. I mean, why, why wait seven years to come clean? Oh, like okay. Seven years and three months because Colleen didn't do anything per Janice's request, right? So I wait seven years and three months and then talk to the police and be like, yeah, he killed Maria and he um, kidnapped Colleen and we held her captive for seven years and she was a sex slave. And I think I don't deserve any prison time. No, Janice. Absolutely not. You really do. <sighs> but your day's coming. Karma will come right back around. As for Cameron, I hope you don't get parole. I hope you stay in prison. Um, I hope Colleen and her family are moving forward and she's able to find self-healing in the organization she's doing and she can put the past behind her if i was colleen i would probably i would move out of california i'd go to alaska that's where i would go i don't know but you know sometimes you can't let your perpetrator win because you don't want um, them to have a huge impact me like, yeah, I messed your life. Like, oh man, this case, I, I didn't even want to, I didn't even know if I wanted to do it. When I watched it, when I watched the movie, I was horrified. When I looked at the case, I was horrified and I was like, oh my gosh, this girl has been through the ringer. So yeah, guys, that, that is my story of the kidnapping of Colleen Stan or the girl in the box. Um, Wednesday's episode is going to be about the murders of Shanann, Bella, Celeste, and baby Nico. I told myself I would not would not cover this case but I did it anyway I found actually some things I found some interesting things that I'm putting into the episode and everything like that like the um, a letter that was leaked um, I just have to write that up and that'll be done but it will be up Wednesday night I know this one was late and I don't know what I'm doing Friday. I'm still thinking about it. So that is all for this podcast today. You can send me a Gmail at just a girl in true crime. You can also follow me since I have not made a Facebook or a Twitter for this podcast. You can follow me on Instagram at just a girl in true crime. I hope you enjoy listening to this podcast. Um, please tell your friends and family about this. And hit the bell 
so you can know when I upload my videos. It's supposed to be every Wednesday and Friday or Saturday, you know, if my life doesn't get too crazy. But with two kids and they never sit still and they run wild, sometimes it is very hard. And I work a full-time job Monday through Friday, so I'm trying. I'm going to get better. Um, like I said, follow me on Instagram, send me a Gmail, tell me what I can improve on as long as it's not too mean. I need criti critiqued, not criticized, I need critiqued sometimes to see what I can improve on. And I will only know that if you tell me. So... I will be talking to you guys Wednesday, and I hope you enjoyed this story. Bye!